0: The following presentation of the Midland City Planning Commission will begin in a moment. The Midland City Planning Commission is responsible for overseeing the City's Master Plan, conducting public hearings, and offering recommendations to the City Council on a wide range of local land use issues. The Planning Commission consists of nine Midland residents who are appointed by the City Council. Planning Commission meets two Tuesdays per month at 7 p.m. in Council Chambers at City Hall. This presentation is provided by the MCTV Network, a service of the City of Midland. Replays of this meeting can be found on MGTV channel 188 on Charter Spectrum, through channel 99 on AT&T Uverse, or on demand at www.cityofmidlandmi.gov. Select meetings are available on MCTV Network's Government Affairs podcast channel.
1: Good evening and welcome to this special meeting of the Midland City Planning Commission taking place on Tuesday, February 28th. This meeting is called to order. You please call roll.
2: Fields. Decker. Here.
1: Mayville. Here. Here. Payne. Here. Panasic. Yes. Here. McCoy. Broderick. Here. Collinger. Here. Craig. Here. Mr. Chair, you have a quorum. All right. The first and only item on the agenda for this special meeting is uh, continued work on our city modern master plan. Uh, specifically this evening, we will be taking a closer look at the future land use map. And we will be beginning with a presentation by Mr. Kane. Thank you, Mr. Chair.
2: So tonight we are just past the halfway point with our special meetings for Midland City Modern in this phase of the project, which is exciting, um, at least exciting for staff to be getting to this point. So I know there was just some conversation at the dais. Uh, we are going to be kind of shifting away from the regularity of our special meetings over the next couple of months. So we will be uh, meeting at six o'clock on March 21st for our next special meeting. We'll meet again at our second meeting in April at six o'clock for uh, kind of a zoning audit stress test update. And then we'll have May off at this point and come back in June for back to back special meetings to review the draft plan. So that'll be um, those will be some really exciting special meetings. Uh, But that will conclude the process in terms of special meetings at this point. So we're getting really close to the finish line uh, in terms of plan development. Um, I will note here this uh, session was originally intended to be future land use and future transportation. Uh, The future transportation map ended up requiring a bit more uh, discussion and effort to make sure it was complete. We wanted to integrate some of the long range planning that's being done by the Midland Area Transportation Study um and as well as some of the feedback we've received through our prior uh, public engagement sessions and so we wanted to get that right uh, before we brought it to you rather than rushing it and bringing an incomplete map so at this point um tentatively looking to bring that back to you during your regular meeting on march 21st as a new business item to give you a chance to look at that and provide input and then we're thinking we'll roll both maps out for public input through an interactive map um, survey tool in the month of april so I can give you an update on March 21 in terms of what that's looking like. But I think we'll be prepared to put both of those maps out for public feedback at that time, we which just still plenty of time to accept public input and get that integrated into the draft plan. So for tonight, we're going to focus on the future land use map probably just as well because this is a pretty important map in terms of the master plan process and we want to make sure we can get all your input um, tonight. So. This new map was prepared with kind of three broad principles in mind. We wanted to look at the draft goals that you've developed as a planning commission, uh, many of which have um, future land use ramifications. And so we wanted to make sure, as you've talked about future land use goals, that those are reflected in the map. We also wanted to look at the public input we've received to date on future land use issues. That's been both kind of indirect in terms of just general feedback on the types of things people want to see around the city. But also more specifically we have had maps available at several of our events for people to provide specific feedback to us and then you all provide a specific input to us during your january 24th special meeting and so that also informed some of the decisions in creating the draft map um, as part of the draft map we have uh, the associated future land use section of the plan drafted so this is the first part of the master plan draft that's been prepared That was also included in your packet for tonight for review. So these category descriptions basically tell the story about what these categories are, what they mean. So much like in the zoning ordinance, you have zones on the map, and then you have articles of the zoning ordinance that contain the regulations for that particular zoning district here, because this is more of a broad conceptual future look. Um, it's It's less specific. We do nevertheless have some broad um categorization of these districts in these descriptions and so those are uh, as important as the map because they provide the context for the map these descriptions were based on what's in the current city master plan so these are not clean sheets these are there's a lot of consistency because a lot of the feedback we've received has asked us for consistency and if you look at the map as we go through things you'll note that Where, To the extent that the map is a change from the current future land use map, it's not on a broad, massive scale, it's nuances, um, slightly different approaches to those categories, slightly different approaches in certain areas of the city, and frankly, uh, a lot of just cleanup of minor issues with the current map where things weren't in alignment either with current conditions, where those are expected future conditions, or with the goals of the city moving forward. Um, and so we've really just tried to align things as best we can with all we've learned to date to give us a future land use map that is a best fit for what we expect this plan document to look like as we move forward towards adoption so i mentioned there are some adjustments to the future land use categories shown here so some of that is just looking at the terminology we're using Um, we're trying to shift away from kind of a density based categorization into more of a used based categorization um, we've tried to simplify things a little bit. And so there's some categories where we had, for instance, a private recreation and a public parks and recreation, future land use category on the current map. And we've proposed to shift that into a common recreation, and open space, future land use category. Frankly, there wasn't a whole lot of difference in the way that those two categories were described. And I think from a from a mapping perspective, from an understandability perspective, it really um, made some sense to combine those things. Um, as we've talked a lot about housing and about having a walkable community and having a mix of uses, we've looked at um, really streamlining our commercial office service and higher density residential areas into more of a mixed use approach. And so you'll see where we used to have some differentiation between mixed use centers, commercial office service, and high density residential, we've moved into either a regional mixed use approach. Or a neighborhood mixed-use approach and this is really just to provide some additional flexibility on what that future environment might be and to create a framework where we could encourage that walkable mixed-use neighborhood commercial type environment that we've heard from you and from the public is um, desired within this framework a lot of carryover though so our low and medium density residential um designations on the current map we've identified as neighborhood residential on the proposed map and the vast majority of the city is either in that category of neighborhood residential or in one of our two industrial categories and on that that industrial map we're also not going to see a significant amount of change light industrial tends to be uh, i should say heavy industrial tends to be areas that are associated with chemical and the associated um companies you know the, the fence line The more historic chemical plant area light industrial tends to be other industrial areas of the community, so so some of our industrial parks, um, some of the areas around that chemical complex um, that are a lower intensity industrial categorization, no major changes there as well. And again, if you look at the map, we're not proposing to convert whole neighborhoods into regional commercial or whole regional commercial areas into neighborhood residential. Um, These maps largely reflect current conditions within the confines of the existing city with some streamlining and we've made some adjustments as we move on into the Muga area, the Midland urban growth area, some of our future planning area to reflect the desire to create complete neighborhoods, to create walkable environments and to reflect some of the other future land use goals that the planning commission has identified. So just to give you a breakdown, um, based on the current draft map, the planned acreages, as I noted, the overwhelming amount of the community is identified in a neighborhood residential Future land use, it's approaching uh, 18,000 plus acres of land and about almost 50% of the land area of the Muga area. So, from a future land use perspective, we're planning for everything within the Midland urban growth area, not within the city limits specifically. So, uh, we're looking at a larger acreage. Uh, The other uh, major categories would be our industrial categories. Very easy to see on the map as we move to that. You'll see the purple areas, very dominant, particularly on the south side of the community. So we've combined about 28% of the city's uh, planned acreages are in either a light or a heavy industrial category. Very consistent with today's future land use map. And then where we see more of a mix is in our neighborhood and regional mixed use. Again, we're getting at about 10% of the land area in those categories. We've got about 8% in a recreational or open space, 6% in in institutional or civic. And I think this is really interesting. It's only about 163 acres, but when you think about how important downtown is to the community and it's, it's not even half a percent of the acreage of the MUGA, and yet it's so important. So I think acreage doesn't tell the whole story in terms of what's important in the community, but this just gives you a sense of how the land uses are allocated across those broad categories. So this is the draft map, um, which was included in your packet. We have a larger format draft map here tonight. And as we move past my presentation into more of the working part of the meeting, we will ask you to take a closer look at that, see if you have any questions for us, see if you have any notes. Um, Certainly, I will tell you, we have been through, I think, five versions of this draft map in the last month, Um, marking it up identifying you know just oh I didn't notice that this parcel was identified that way and it doesn't really make sense trying to finesse it um, to reflect as best we could our goals and expected future conditions Um, as I mentioned you'll see that lighter um, sort of off uh, white yellow color is that neighborhood residential category which constitutes a great deal of the community um, through its central and northern portions southern portion of the community is overwhelmingly dominated by one of our two um, industrial future land uses um, which I wouldn't think would surprise anyone um, in particular this map is like I said just a little bit cleaner because of the consolidation of future land use designations versus our current map by kind of simplifying things it's a little bit easier to understand and to read uh, but largely reflective of a streamlined version of today's map so part of the text of this section is future land use goals for the community, and again, these are future land use goals that we started with the land use goals contained in the current master plan, and we looked at the goals that you all have established so far through our planning process for Midland City Modern, and attempted to integrate the kind of the best of both. Um, frankly, uh, as we started this process, there was a great deal more in those future land use goals that was worth keeping than getting rid of. Um, a lot of the things that we're looking to do through this process are not uh, any sort of major departure from what the community's really been aiming to do for decades. Um, and so you'll you'll see if you look to our current future land use section of the existing master plan, you can review this very same section and compare the differences, pretty minor. Um, I'll just highlight a few things that are a little bit different here. So uh, we have goal number three creating opportunities for dense live work play housing co-working and shared working space obviously these are somewhat emerging concepts Uh, these are things that the planning commission identified as uh, priority goals and these are things that so far through our public engagement the public also seems to be uh, grasping onto and so we thought it was important to reflect that here because certainly creating those opportunities necessitates a land use plan these are land use issues and uh, in large part and so we needed to reflect those on our land use goals Goal number five is another one with some adjustment. And again, this is kind of reflecting some of the city's strategy for certain priority areas like Center City and the Midland Mall area, but just kind of expanding that to include our other commercial areas. So this talks about continuing to transform areas, but in a broader sense, looking at our major commercial areas, all of them as opportunities to create walkable mixed use regional centers that would provide a variety of uses. So thinking beyond kind of the obvious, the big, the big areas and thinking more about those smaller areas, whether it's Eastman and Saginaw, or some of the other portions of the North Saginaw corridor, um, Midtown, um, there are other areas that might have a regional commercial zoning designation today that might benefit from the introduction of some housing. And that's also a way for us to address our housing needs in a way that is more neighborhood friendly um, and does advance our walkability goals. Um, I should say before we jump from this number six, Really, this goal reflects some of the uh, outstanding work that was done by Urban Three that was presented to the Planning Commission uh, in the middle of last year in terms of leveraging our existing public infrastructure investments. So really thinking about how can we be smart about how we use the infrastructure we've already invested in and we'll need to continue investing in in terms of producing quality redevelopment and infill development within our existing footprint. So although we do have a significant amount of expansion opportunity available to us um, within the, the MUGA. We also recognize we have a significant amount of opportunity within our existing footprint and i think to the extent that we can leverage both to the community's benefit um, all the better for everyone so looking down the list of goals um, number seven we've talked quite a bit about diversifying our housing stock and both in terms of the type of housing but also the, the cost of housing and and for the reasons primarily of addressing different needs at different age levels and also different needs for different income groups Um, so that's important the majority of these remaining uh, goals are consistent with today's goals uh, with the exception of number 12 which we talked a little bit about uh, when we talked about our environmental goals of the community and so this talks about some of the climate change opportunity that the city of midland might um, have available to it by attracting industries that might choose to relocate in the future due to climate change and so that's obviously in order to expand industrial areas that's a future land use item so we wanted to include that here as well before we move on to the specific category descriptions are there any questions on what we've talked about thus far yes sir
0: I, number four
2: um i just just curious how that fits in like we've had some conversations within uh, about parks, specifically existing parks, and so
0: we're in, we're encouraging development of new parks and spaces into development. But I know some of the existing parks we've talked about that they don't get used; they're just grass. I just want to know, I guess, how we think that fits in,
2: in sure. into new development. That's a great question, and I think that is a, that is 100% fair statement. Um, what. We're trying to capture with this goal is I think a few things that we've talked about in the recent past one we've talked a little bit about how our zoning ordinance approaches open space currently, Mm -hmm. and I think there's opportunities there to better capture that open space as a recreational amenity within a development and so thinking about public spaces may not necessarily be public spaces in the sense of being a city park. But they might just okay. simply be spaces where people can gather whether okay. it's a hardscaped area or an open green space but having something that's more of a contiguous usable space available to residents or our users tenants of a space um, the other opportunity there i think the major opportunity is when we look at how we manage stormwater um, there's a lot of different ways that you can handle stormwater and in some settings like in a downtown it makes a lot of sense to put that underground to make it invisible, to create more building space, to create more activity space. But particularly as we move outside of our denser urban areas of the city, where we're gonna have surface level level stormwater treatment, there's opportunity there to create recreational amenity as well and we talk a little bit about that in our current zoning ordinance Mm -hmm. but I think there's some unrealized opportunity there to really create an aesthetic amenity or recreational amenity and we know that that is top of mind for a lot of folks in the community as we talk about drainage and, and flooding and so those I think are all opportunities to think about parks and you know 50 years ago the city of midland approach would have been to say you're going to plot a new subdivision you're going to put a city right and we know that well we can't do that any longer that's why we don't but we've also lost i think a little bit of the what makes midland a special place because we can't do that anymore right as you look as the community has spread out since that became uh became not an option for us to pursue any longer we have neighborhoods that are missing that piece and that Mm -hmm. is something people in midland really appreciate and so I think this is a way yeah. for us to kind of uh, tackle multiple issues through that.
0: Totally agree. I'm, not, I'm, for yeah. it. I just was trying because I know I'm under one breath we're talking about these,
2: you know, closing access and and I think easements to, you know, how the cutting the grass, taking care of it, and additional, I'm sure parks and I mean I don't know who handles that, but um, right. so okay, but that makes sense, yeah.
1: I just did wanted you, to know how that fit in. Did you choose parks over green space intentionally?
2: this is really uh, this is i think uh, almost verbatim a carryover goal okay but i think that the way we approach it it's not there's a lot of flexibility in how we way okay. to appro- yeah. approach this goal and we could certainly as we move into the more feedback oriented part the, all of this text is printed out down here okay. and we've provided blue pens because um, red pens probably would have made me sad so we gave you blue pens <laughs> so you've got blue pens if you want to mark <laughs> things up Um, so if you feel like number four or any of the other goals, if there's a better way to phrase it, that better captures where we're moving in the future, uh, we're all ears on that. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Yes.
0: This is kind of a background question on that heavy industrial area where the dump is. Is that completely equal to the dump or is there a, a planned, uh, industrial heavy industrial, other than what's you know in that shading that isn't part of the dumps grounds sure
2: um that particular quadrant of the community that is almost entirely city owned and almost entirely part of the landfill the uh, to the extent that there are some properties that are outside the landfills confines they're primarily concentrated on a part of east ashman where we do have mm-hmm. either agricultural or industrial zoning currently um and there's a scattering of smaller parcels along both Wheeler to the north and Rockwell to the east that are um some of which are in the city but not city owned most of which are outside the city but within the MUGA. and I think that it's possible or probable that by the year 2050 those sites might be targets for acquisition by the city the city has in the past acquired property uh, contiguous to the landfill in order to provide expansion and buffering of the facility right. from the community and so that is why the landfill specifically called out on our future or our current future land use descriptions as being a heavy industrial use right. and so we're aligning the map with that current condition uh, and likely future conditions which i think we would more than likely see a heavy industrial use if it was right. not landfill use Within that quadrant, just given yeah, just the landfill operations. Just to
0: follow up on that, when, when you know the cells get filled in, will they be retained as city property, or will they be developed as a heavy industrial? Do you think?
2: Um, at this point, I would anticipate that the landfill well into the future. Number one, um, last time I checked, we're we're well past the year 2050 in terms of development opportunities on the site. Okay. Um, and I wouldn't anticipate that even if the landfill uh, were to uh, reach its uh full extent um yeah. that would probably be a question for three or four plans down the road um you know just keep in mind although we're planning for the year 2050 we're not we're not going to discontinue planning activity until 2050 yeah so we'll probably be back to update this current plan in the next five to ten years and i would anticipate between now and 2050 the city will have a new master plan which right. will probably be the ideal time to address some of those questions in terms yeah. of what might be next for the landfill property when it's no longer needed as a landfill. Okay,
0: and then to follow up on that, I noticed the uh, landfill property or that purple area is su- surrounded by a uh, light residential. And we're also, one of the goals is to accommodate uh, light industrial that, uh, you know, is moving be- other places because of climate change. Would it make sense to buffer maybe the heavy industrial with light industrial or something before you go directly into, uh, uh, you know, uh, s- the equivalent of single family housing?
2: Sure, I think that's, uh, that is consistent with our general approach to transitioning from more intensive right. to less intensive uses. So if that's something that there's okay. consensus on, it would be worth um, indicating that on the map on the table.
0: Okay, very good, thank you, that's all I have.
2: All right, so I've just provided basically the intents for each of these future land use categories just real briefly to provide for both the planning commission and the public, just some notion of where, um, what these categories are intended to provide for. And so again, neighborhood residential, this is really aligning pretty strongly with our low and medium density residential um, categories that are in our current master plan. So this really just talks about supporting the vitality of existing neighborhoods and allowing uh, development in certain areas that might have some constraints um, of which obviously in Midland, as we move further out, uh, we do face those constraints more and more, whether they're woodlands, wetlands or floodplain um, and really providing for a low density, but high quality form of residential development along the periphery of the community, uh, which is really consistent with the city's historical development pattern and most appropriate for many areas of the city that do have some um, natural constraints. So you move into neighborhood mixed use. This is really getting to that concept of walkability and our discussions about neighborhood residential. And so this is talking about really trying to meet a number of needs. That's why this description and intense quite a bit longer because we're really talking about a lot of different things, whether they're accommodating different types of housing at different price points for people at different stages of life. Um, And so here we might be talking about anything from detached homes to attached townhomes, low to mid rise apartment formats or housing in a mixed-use building. These are also areas that might provide for office service or neighborhood-oriented commercial activities. So some of our lower-intensity commercial uses, these are primarily going to be areas that are transitional in nature. So between perhaps a neighborhood residential area and a higher-intensity area, whether it's industrial or perhaps a regional mixed-use area. Um, And really highlighting that these areas need to be carefully planned because they are often located next to lower-intensity uses. So this would be really kind of signaling that when you're talking about these areas considerations about how we buffer how we transition are going to be really key to the success of that implementation and again very consistent with how the city currently approaches land uses in these areas whether it's office service a neighborhood or a community commercial district providing for those transitions to neighborhoods recreation and open space so as i indicated this is a consolidation of two of our existing future land use categories So this talks about the provision of public and private facilities for a variety of reasons whether they're the pursuit of fitness or recreation whether they're for leisure competition or the enjoyment of nature Um, where we kind of back up and we we recognize the city has a parks and recreation plan this is our future land use plan at the moment currently does this so we talk about how planning for these facilities is really something that that parks and recreation master plan is intended to do so we're not going to be getting into the nitty-gritty of where we put a pickleball court or whether we add a swimming pool or another facility or a pavilion, that's the Parks and Recreation Plan is intended to do that. We're just kind of looking at a broad scope of where those lands are located. And so um, our map is gonna reflect primarily where those lands are currently located, whether they're under the city's ownership, they're under private ownership or some other governmental entity. Institution and civic. So this is sort of a broad and specific category. This um, is really targeted towards things that are public oriented in, in nature. So, whether they're a government building or a place of worship or a school, these are buildings that are at some level governmental or quasi public, um, and they're different. So, this future land use category really is meant to indicate the fact that these facilities often operate not like a business, not like a residence. They're something different, they're kind of in between. So it kind of captures a lot of different things but these are some of the most important things in the community so these are places where people gather um, and where people you know worship where people are are educated where people are um treated when they're ill um so very important facilities within the community uh and those as you move into the map you'll see those are highlighted in blue Um, so really important critical facilities within the community we think it's important to keep these highlighted as a distinct category because We do often need to take a slightly different zoning approach to an institution or civic use. And as we move into the future, if institution or civic uses cease to take place on these properties, it would probably be an appropriate time for the community to consider a map amendment to have a conversation about how we treat that property moving forward. If it's not going to have a future as an institution or civic use. And so rather than kind of just flatten the map out and and erase those uses and just treat them like whatever's around it. These are also opportunity areas. They may be an opportunity for a public space. They might be an opportunity for a higher density of development to maybe provide neighborhood commercial in certain areas or higher density housing. And so this leaves that question for a later date when it's more appropriate. Downtown, this is really what we already um, have in the code. The downtown district boundaries as reflected on this map are the same district boundaries that are in the current um, city's future land use map. Definition or intent is really not much different. We've uh, provided for some update to reflect things like the new streetscaping on Main Street and the addition of the commons, uh, which are new. We also know that we've got some housing growth in the area, and so this is really just about continuing to build on the strengths of downtown. Regional mixed use, so like neighborhood mixed use, this is really a consolidation of a few different future land use categories on the current map. These are areas that today are primarily auto-oriented and usually contain only commercial land uses. Many of these areas are showing signs of distress, and so, um, and for a variety of reasons. And so, this is really an opportunity for us to rethink our approach, rather than the kind of the mid-century, mid-20th century approach of having your restaurants here, your office buildings here, your houses here. Really thinking about how can we combine those things in a manner that adds to the vibrancy not just of that area but of the broader community so this is a pretty long definition because we've got a lot of things a lot of different areas a lot of things going on so we're talking about areas kind of as broad as the mall area to the Bay City Road corridor we're talking about being flexible so we've heard a lot of feedback about allowing adaptive reuse of existing structures so when we do deal with vacancy how can we kind of be flexible and able to pivot to enable the reuse of those structures so that we get that activation and also how can we be innovative and create an attractive place that people can access not just by car but also perhaps walking biking or on transit Um, we've included a variety of considerations these are in many um, senses taken from our current commercial future land use category and from our mixed use center um, designation in the current plan so we talk about sizing these areas to interact with adjacent uses um, and to avoid unnecessary congestion. Thinking holistically, so that we're not kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul. So if we're gonna strengthen Center City, we don't wanna do that at the expense of downtown or the mall and vice versa. So how can we think holistically about all of our areas that are regional mixed use and ensure that um, when we improve one, uh, we're improving them all. Um, That high intensity uses, That are so within this spectrum of regional mixed-use there's obviously going to be a range of intensities that we account for buffering from neighborhood residential areas and neighborhood mixed-use areas where we can accomplish that and then where we have adopted redevelopment plans so currently we do have specific area plans for both downtown and center city we want to make sure that if we have a regional mixed-use land use designation that our development regulations align with those redevelopment plans light industrial very little change here so light industrial is just simply a less intensive industrial category Um, it provides for some concentrated areas whether primarily in industrial parks Um, this can be sometimes a mix of other uses like offices um, research and technology type firms and then our heavy industrial which is going to primarily be some of the most impactful industrial areas of the community primarily located on the southern edge of town. And these are areas that do require a little bit more attention from a zoning perspective to make sure that they're not impacting uh, properties beyond their boundaries. So I have talked enough, even though I missed the meeting, I'm not trying to make up on lost time and get my words in from two weeks ago, I promise. So uh, we are at the uh, basically the halfway point of our meeting tonight. If there's any questions, I'd be happy to entertain them. Otherwise, We're gonna invite you up to interact with the map and with the descriptions and mark those up and chat with staff about any questions you might have. And then we will aim to reconvene at the dais at 6.50 for adjournment. So are there any questions before we jump down to the exercise? All right, thank you so much.
1: All right, we are at time. So I'm looking for a quick motion and second for adjournment of our special meeting. I move that we adjourn. I second. I have a motion and a second to adjourn our special meeting. All those in favor say aye. 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 All those opposed, same sign. We are adjourned.